just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Monday. We're starting another week. Sounds like it's going to be a crazy week. A lot of things going on. We know that uh, Elon Musk is allowing Donald Trump back on Twitter, but he has yet to post anything. I know he said that he may not do that. He may focus on Truth Social. And what we're hearing is that he has some legal agreement with Truth Social, that if you post on Truth Social, he can't post on any other platform until six hours later. So he might be not able to post on other platforms. And to be perfectly honest with you, if you post on Twitter, he's going to get some people supporting him, but I'm guessing there's going to be even more people that are just trolling him and hammering him. So... Donald won't like that much. <laughs> he only likes to go with places where people are supporting and cheering for him. And I don't know that that's what's going to happen on Twitter. And to be perfectly honest, I don't care if he posts on Twitter or not. I said anytime he can be exposed for the things he says, I'm all for it. Because he always implicates himself. He always makes himself look stupid. Now, people always tease about Truth Social and how few people are using Truth Social. But that doesn't even really matter anymore because whatever he puts on Truth Social ends up on fucking the news media and other parts of the Internet. So he does get that exposure anyway. He doesn't have a list of this huge number of followers, but people all hear it anyway. So what fucking difference does it make? Donald Trump is getting nervous, though. This whole thing with the special counsel is starting to drive a lot of people crazy. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Um, but things are starting to come together. I know people are really concerned with the Republicans taking over in, uh, in January. They think that this is going to be a big deal. But the fact of the matter is this. They've got a very slim margin. So it's going to be difficult for them to do much of anything. It's going to be very chaotic. And it's going to be chaotic largely because it's not just that slim margin that they have to fight with. They have a split in their own party. You have a faction of the MAGA folks and you have the other people trying to get away from the MAGA policies and procedures. So these people won't vote together. And if they can't vote together, if there is no unity they have no power to pass anything or do anything. You know, we keep hearing about these impeaching Joe Biden, investigating Hunter Biden, doing all these things. But it's not going to happen because they don't have enough power to get it done. They might start a couple of investigations, but it will go absolutely nowhere. And it will be a waste of time and money, which is typically what Republicans do. And after they do that for two years, uh, if they thought they got no votes in the midterms, it's going to be worse in 2024. All right, let's let's start things off with an email. And this one comes from Jenna. Jenna has been on the program before. She says, hi, Mike, I've been thinking about this topic for a while, and I wanted to share my thoughts about the messaging of Tiffany and Ivanka through their physical appearances. Hmm. Hadn't given that consideration, but I'm all ears, Jenna. The topic piqued my interest when I came across the images of Tiffany's recent wedding. You remember Tiffany, the anchor baby that no one cares about or pays attention to, whose mother is Marla Maples. Poor, pathetic Tiffany made an attention grab with the announcement of said wedding the day before Trump left office. Now, Tiffany certainly needed the time to get ready for her nuptials. Apparently... Her jawline seems to be slimmer. She looks like she has had a lip flip and a chin implant. And, of course, she lost some weight. Honestly, I didn't look close enough at the pictures. I, I didn't know really what she looked like beforehand. I, I was never that 
aware of her. I mean, I knew she existed and I saw pictures and I heard Donald Trump has talked shit about her before, but I never really looked that closely. Jenna goes on to say, while plastic surgery isn't what I'm judging here, I'm noticing that both Tiffany and Ivanka, who I will get to in a minute, have dramatically altered their appearances. Now, of course, every bride wants to look their best, and there is an entire industry that insidiously preys upon soon-to-be-wed women that puts pressure on them to lose weight and be perfect for the big day. I believe it's no coincidence that Tiffany's wedding looked or took as long as it did because she not only had plastic surgery, but the timing was lined up in order to put a spotlight on Trump during the midterms. Interesting. Now, under normal circumstances, I would say that's crazy, but this is Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is an attention whore, and he would do anything, including pimping out his daughter. Tiffany's dress was beautiful, and the designer was none other than the goat, Ellie Saab. Saab is Lebanese. I find it curious that Saab, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, I'm not very, um, very uh, knowledgeable about designers, I find it curious that Saab would agree to dress these monsters and conversely find it curious that the Trumps would allow a Muslim designer to dress their daughter. What happened to the Muslim band? Their hypocrisy is nauseating and it's a tell. The tell is that Muslims are allowed in their orbit as long as they can be used to perpetuate a status symbol. And we know Donald Trump's all about perceptions and status symbols. I mean, that's he has no substance. That's all he has. Now, back to Ivanka, as promised. Ivanka has essentially erased any evidence of her ancestry from her barely there nose to the fake teeth to the bleached to hell hair to the rail thin physique. She is unrecognizable version of her ancestral self. Hell, if I were a recipient of Trumpy's genetic material, I would probably do the same. The point is she has turned herself into the poster child for the acceptable female white supremacist beauty standard. I get that, and you're probably on to something there. Now, both Tiffany and Ivanka have literally under, undergone the knife to appeal to their base. Curious, though, why, why not Don Jr. and Eric? I can answer that, because not only are the daughters the beauty standard for white supremacy, it stinks of misogyny. I can't imagine how painful all that surgery had to have been or the daily mind game of not eating what you want in order to maintain an unnatural weight. The messaging this sends out to their base is yet another fraud. I bring it up for many reasons, but mostly because young, impressionable girls and women, women could be conned into wanting to emulate them with their appearance even though their appearance isn't real. It is yet another grift and is equally as dangerous as the rest. Hope all is well, Jenna. Well, thank you for that, Jenna. And you make some very salient points. And you know, what you're talking about, Jenna, really applies to all of this country. I mean, if you take a look at how people judge other people, it's all about looks. People who are attractive get more benefits, get more consideration, get more leeway. I mean, that's just the way it is. And additionally, if you don't happen to be attractive, but you happen to be very wealthy, then you get those same benefits. This country is a very um, superficial country. I mean, you see somebody like Ivanka Trump you don't know her, you don't know what her personality is like, but you say, well, she's attractive, so she must be all right. See what I mean? People work off their perceptions, and if they're too lazy or uninterested in digging into who they're talking about, that's all that matters. Donald Trump is the essence of this. Now, I'm not suggesting Donald Trump is some great handsome man. He's not. When he was younger, I guess he was okay, and I guess some people found him attractive because they didn't know his personality. But this is why Donald Trump is so careful and so worried about his actual worth 
being revealed. We know he's not a a billionaire. We know that's not true. You can't lose as much money as he does and still have a billion or more dollars. It's just not possible. He's not a smart man. He's not a smart businessman. There's no way he can be successful. All along the way, he's constantly been bailed out, first by his dad, then by the Russians and Saudi Arabians and God knows who. The people that bail him out see his value. And the value is how people perceive him. You know, he had the TV show. He was always in the news and such. So people perceived him as a success because they thought he had money. And that is why they give him any kind of credibility at all. I mean, let's be honest. When he was going to run for president, he had no real legitimate chance of winning. Other than the fact he got loud and proud, he was wealthy, and the media gave him all kinds of airtime for free because he is a train wreck, and that's good television. So by putting him on television all the time, he became a credible candidate. He, he had an opportunity to win the presidency. That's the weird thing about this country. Substance doesn't matter. People will say it does, but it really doesn't. It's all about perception. And that's why the media plays these fucking games. Oh, there's going to be a red wave. There's going to be a red tsunami. The media knew there wasn't going to be. It was simple facts. All you had to do was look at it. But there was more in it for him to create that drama, create that perception. Now, some people would think, well, they're just trying to uh, discourage Democrats from, from voting because they thought the Republicans were going to win anyway. And I think that may be the uh, sense of the Republican Party. But the media didn't care. They just wanted to stir things up. They wanted to make it exciting. They wanted to promote this Titan battle of the titans. That's the thing about this country. It's very, very superficial. A lot of important things are perceived as successful and then made successful just based on what people think. I mean, Elon Musk is a perfect example. If you talk to people prior to some of this trouble he has now, people saw him as almost like a space alien, super smart, super inventive. But in realistic terms, he didn't invent Tesla. He bought Tesla for $6 million, and he hyped this shit up. Same goes for SpaceX and some of the other things he did. He invested in PayPal, but, you know, he wasn't really the guy that put together PayPal. He created a perception that he's a super genius, that he's super rich, and that he's super smart. But none of those are true. I mean, he probably is smart and he probably is rich, but that's his entire cachet, his perception. It's all about perception. I've talked about some of the people, the, the, the uh, um, radical right media people, Rush Limbaugh, for example. Now, Rush Limbaugh is a guy that just came out of uh, Missouri. He was a radio guy. He was doing sports radio and that sort of stuff. And then he decided to do something on his own. And back then, when I saw him do it, you know, 30 years ago, I thought, well, that's impressive. A guy's breaking away from the traditional broadcasting and trying to do it himself. But he was a smart guy. He knew that uh, by taking the tact of kind of being out there, outside the box, being loud and proud, acting like the tough guy, that people would follow him. And they did for years and years and years. And he made tons of money, not based on the things he said, but the way he said them. The fact that he was powerful, the fact that he was loud and in people's faces. These are people that think they're beaten down every day. They saw him as their champion and he followed them. They followed him no matter what he did. That's what Donald Trump did too. Donald Trump put on a show. Everything you see from most media people and politicians is all a fucking show. I mean, how much did we hear about Republican members in Congress behind the scenes saying, yeah, Donald Trump is a fucking idiot. But when they were in front of the media, they said they supported Donald Trump. 
The, that's one of the most frustrating things for me is because we watch the news, we watch our politicians, and it's almost like none of it is real. All of it is bullshit to fuck with your heads and take the simple-minded people and make them believe what they want you to believe. And it's unfortunate there are a lot of people that will just fall into that trap. I'll be perfectly honest with you. People have asked me why I get a lot of followers on TikTok or on the podcast. And it's the same kind of thing, except in my instance, it's not, it's not contrived. It's not fake. This is just my personality, fortunately. But I talk a lot different than most libtards, you know. I'm more like a Republican as far as being in your face, talking shit, swearing, doing all that stuff. And people see that and they say, you know, it's about time we had somebody from the liberal side go after these guys. Be tough because we've watched nothing but the Democrats get run over constantly. And I understand that. And that's why I take this tack. But again, it's really my personality. If you saw me in person, I'd be talking the same way on certain subjects. I'm not always obnoxious and, and talking shit. You know, I got my granddaughter. I got my family. I got friends. It's a little more low-key, but not a lot. It's about the same. So what I was trying to do with this is work with people's perceptions, hopefully in a positive way, but give them something real and give them something of substance. I thought, that's got to work. And whether it works or not, who knows? I'm just an old guy sitting in his living room talking shit. But somebody had to step up and push it back in their face. And, and, and while I can only do it in a small way, at least I feel like I'm doing something. Now, Jenna talks about this, this wedding thing, and, you know, and I've gone to a million weddings. I got married myself, and you're right, that whole image, I got to lose weight, I got to fit in this dress, I've got to have the perfect dress, and I never understood that. I mean, for me, I went and rented a tux that my wife told me to rent, and the uh, only thing I did in preparation is drink about three beers before I went and got married. It's a much different thing for men than it is women. And uh, that is frustrating. All these social constructs that we are forced to do because of people's perception. And I think, I think uh, it's a trap for a lot of people. I heard a quote one time, and I don't know the quote exactly, so I can't actually quote it. But in this world, people are very concerned about what other people think. But the fact of the matter is you get some freedom when you realize nobody's thinking about you. Nobody's paying attention to you because they're so fucked up in their own mind. They're too busy thinking about themselves. So all that concern about how people will perceive you or what you think isn't a big deal for us average folks. But you put them on a platform. You put them in front. They want you to be a certain way and they know what, what you want. So that's what they give to you. Unfortunately... None of it seems to be real. I don't even know how you fix that. I don't, I don't think you can. But uh, Jenna, thank you. <laughs> you caused me to go off on a rant, and I appreciate your email and your listening as well. Now, the first thing we're going to talk about has nothing to do with politics, or does it? I think it does have a lot to do with politics. But it is a tragic story. Colorado Springs, Colorado, a 22-year-old gunman opened fire inside a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs, killing five people and leaving 25 people injured before he was subdued by heroic patrons and arrested by the police who arrived within two minutes. Now, this was uh, obviously a hate crime. The club was Club Q. It's very reminiscent of the Pulse nightclub, I think, in Florida. Now, two firearms, including a long rifle, were found at Club Q after the Saturday night shooting. On its Facebook page, the club called it a hate attack. Investigators were still determining a motive and whether uh, to prosecute it as a hate crime. Attorney Michael Allen uh, charges against the... Um, said the charges against the suspect will likely include first-degree murder, he said. There had to be premeditation in this. You don't walk into a, a gay nightclub with a gun and start shooting and not have planned it. 
by virtue of you having the gun, you had to make some plans, you had to premeditate it. Police identify the gunman as Anderson Lee Aldrich, who was in custody after being treated for injuries. Yeah, I'm sure they subdued him and uh, some other shit, too, and it was well-deserved. I'm surprised the, the kid is even alive. Now, a man with that name was arrested in 2021 after his mother reported he threatened her with a homemade bomb and other weapons. They declined to elaborate on that arrest. No explosives were found. Authorities said at the time that the Gazette in Colorado Springs reported that prosecutors did not pursue any charges and that the records were sealed. So we kind of knew this guy was a fucking problem child. But we let him off with a slap on the wrist, hoping he wouldn't do anything again. We didn't find any explosive, so he's just bluffing. The unfortunate thing now, anybody in the world can get hold of an AR-15. So if this guy is mentally off, he is a danger. And the last thing that should have been done is let him go. Now, authorities were called to Club Q at just about midnight. Um... And they, they had a report of a shooting. The first officer arrived in a couple of minutes. Joshua Sherman or Thurman said he was in the dance club with about two dozen other people and was dancing when the shots began. He said initially he thought it was part of the music until he heard another shot and he saw the flash of a gun muzzle. And that will fucking set you straight really quick. Thurman, who was 34, said he ran with another person to a dressing room where someone already was hiding. They locked the door, turned off the lights, and got on the floor, but could hear the violence unfolding, including the gunman getting beaten up. So this all happened very quickly. Apparently, the gunman was confronted by at least two people who fought and subdued the suspect. We owe them a great debt of thanks, he added. Uh, the, de- the detectives, they were also examining whether anyone had helped Aldrich before the attack. Of the 25 injured, at least seven were in critical condition. Some were hurt, trying to flee, and it was unclear if all victims were shot, a police spokesman said. As I said, this kind of reminds you of the Pulse nightclub, the gay nightclub in Orlando that killed 49 people. Uh, So this could have been a lot worse had it not been for the heroics of uh, some of the uh, attendees in the club. But how many times does this have to happen before it stopped? You know, with the Republicans taking control of the House, that doesn't make it any easier to pass gun laws. You know, again, when we're talking about Republicans— They are against gun laws. They want to give 18-year-olds a right to buy an AR-15 or other semi-automatic weapons, which are largely responsible in these kinds of shootings. But do they really have this big hard-on for everybody getting guns, or is it just because the NRA gives them a lot of money? I suspect the latter. I think when, when, when things like this happen in their minds they have a different thought than what they project they see this as a threat when something like this happens they see this as a threat to um, somehow overturning or changing the second amendment i mean that's largely why uh, alex jones got in trouble i mean what was his complaint about uh, uh, sandy hook It was a bunch of crisis actors. It was all fake. It was all a hoax. Why did he push that so hard? Well, he pushed that so hard because it was a devastating time. Six-year-old kids getting killed. Alex Jones and the Republicans all knew that this was going to put pressure on the NRA and pressure on the government to change our Constitution and the Second Amendment. And they didn't want that. They were willing to sacrifice these kids or these people at the Pulse nightclub or at Club Q. They don't fucking care. They want their rights and they want the money from the uh, NRA continuing to flow. 
I mean, that's how despicable these people are. They're willing to sacrifice citizens, children of this country in order to continue getting money. That's what it is. It's about money. These people in the NRA and other gun lobbies, you know, gun manufacturers, ammunitions manufacturers, they have a lot involved here, and it's about their income, and they don't want it hurt in spite of the fact that uh, guns are what's killing these people. They always say guns kill people, or people kill people, not guns. Well, it seems to me just a short time ago, kids were getting sick from vapes and all that shit, and everybody was up in arms. Yeah, we got to shut this shit down because those vapes are dangerous. But guns, they're cool. They're cool. They keep us protected. When in most cases, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, protect anybody. It usually works against them. Now, there's been a call out to Lauren Boebert. I don't know that she is the rep in this particular district, but people have called her out uh, to stop talking about the violence and the guns and all this sort of stuff. <clears throat> I mean, if you have a representative in your state and you're inciting these people with guns and these, these um, <clears throat> negative comments and inflammatory comments about the LGBTQ people, you have to take some responsibility for what happened here. Your leaders in your towns are talking about this stuff. That riles people up that maybe are a little crazy and have access to a semi-automatic weapon. And this shit happens. This is not what our, our political leaders should be doing. They should be doing the very thing to protect us from this. But when you look at Sandy Hook and all the other things that have happened in terms of mass shootings... Our Congress has yet to do anything. Well, I, there was something done by Biden and the Democrats recently about gun control, but it wasn't nearly enough. It doesn't fix anything, clearly, because we had this shooting in Colorado Springs. Basically, what the Democrats did is they did whatever they could get away with, with the Republicans being part of it. And they did it, and it was more kind of a, a token thing, just to say, hey, we're trying to do something. But it doesn't really do anything. As long as 18-year-old kids or anybody can get an AR-15 as easily as they do, you're not doing any good. If we've got things that are killing our citizens, maybe we should look at those things and fucking do something different. It gets really upsetting having to talk over and over again about these mass shootings. I mean, they're just fucking barbaric. These things don't happen in other countries to the extent they happen here, so why is it here? I mean, we're seeing that a lot with a lot of things in this country. Why is it that everybody has free health care, but we don't? Why is it everybody has gun control, but we don't? It's all about fucking money. It's all about lobbyists. We'd rather sacrifice people, make people's lives harder, just so we can continue to make money. And that's the bottom line here. And the biggest problem in our government and in our politics, it's all about money. It's not about the people. They keep saying, for the people, by the people. And it should be, it's money for the man, the government, because it has nothing to do with us very frustrating. It's very sad. And the thing that troubles me so much is that this can happen in Florida. This can happen in Colorado. Literally, it could pop up anywhere. You get one crazy guy with access to guns and bullets, he could walk into any fucking establishment, whether it be a McDonald's or a gay nightclub or a fucking sporting event, and just start shooting. And there's really nothing you can do. I mean, of course, they do have have security and stuff. But obviously, these people have found ways to get around the security. There has to be something more that we can do. But our politicians, our leaders, have to be willing to do it. And let's be perfectly honest, the first job of any 
politician or leader in this country. The very first job is to protect its citizens. And if that is their first job, you would think they would take seriously protecting our citizens from guns and take it a step farther. People die from being sick. They become homeless because they can't afford to take care of their illnesses. By putting us in the situation we are in now where health care is expensive and a lot of people can't afford it, there again, they're not protecting us. Our government, our politicians aren't doing their fucking jobs. And regardless of who won the midterms, and if the Democrats take control, the Republicans take it, took control, or it is as it is now where it's kind of an even split, we still have to be pushing that issue on both the Democrats and the Republicans. They have to know that if they don't work for us, they are going to pay. And I think the Republicans got a little lesson in fuck around and find out. They want to overturn Roe v. Wade. They'd want to disregard the people, and they lost the midterms. Well, at some point, the Democrats may have to get this realization, too. As I've always told you, it's not Democrats versus Republicans. It's them against us. We're the ones entitled to the service and the assistance because we're the ones that pay the taxes that allow them to do anything. You don't get to take our money and hand it to the rich people and get nothing in return from the rich people. It's amazing to me how many people are misinformed and just don't understand how this all works. Some Republican can go on TV and spew some bullshit, some conspiracy theories, and there will be people who will fucking eat that up. We've got to inform our people better. We've got to make people a little smarter. And not be sucked in by the bullshit. All right. We are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, so we heard about this special counsel that Merrick Garland hired, Jack Smith. And I got to be honest with you, I've read up about this guy. This guy is a fucking badass. He does not play around. I listened to people who worked with him. They were interviewed on television. And they said, you know what? This isn't going to slow shit down. If anything else, it's going to speed things up. He has a great track record. And uh, he spent a fair amount of time in the DOJ in Tennessee and then also working at The Hague, prosecuting war crimes and international crimes. This guy's a serious motherfucker. And you can see that Donald Trump, the Republicans in general, are very nervous about this. They see this as a sign that an indictment is insured. And I think his hiring was for that very reason. They would not hire this guy unless there was an indictment or indictments imminent. And not just for Donald Trump, for the people surrounding him. And, of course, people are getting afraid. People like Representative Jim Jordan. Now, Jim Jordan is going to take a leadership role on one of the committees. I don't know if it's a judicial or intelligence or whatever the fuck it is. Jim Jordan threatened to investigate special counsel Jack Smith after he was appointed to lead an investigation into Trump's misuse of government documents and his effort to subvert the 2020 presidential election. Now, this makes Jim Jordan very nervous because, well, Jim Jordan was fucking involved. We know on January 6th that Jim Jordan talked to Donald Trump a number of times. Jim Jordan knows this isn't good news for him or his best buddy, Donald Trump. Now, during an interview with Jordan on Fox News, host Maria Bartiromo wondered why Attorney General Merrick Garland had not also appointed a special counsel to look into 
<laughs> President Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Well, because they've been looking into this for years and nothing's come out of it and it has nothing to do with our country or its politics. But Jordan replied, well, I think it's just one more example of how political the Justice Department has become. Really, Jim? Donald Trump weaponized the Department of Justice while he was in office. You want to talk about politicizing the Department of Justice. It was never more politicized than when Donald, Donald Trump was in. I mean, Jesus Christ, he had a deputy attorney general drafting notes to try to coerce secretaries of states in swing states to stop counting because they were falsely claiming that there was election fraud. They knew it was a lie, but they knew it would be a strategy that worked. If something came from the DOJ and say stop counting, they almost have to do it. And that wasn't politicized? Jesus Christ. Now, Jordan took, you know, and I don't think this is a good idea for Jim. This isn't a good look for Jim, and it's not going to wear well with him. Jordan took aim at Smith because he had discussions about open investigations into conservative nonprofits during President Barack Obama's term, but the investigations never moved forward. See, this is the thing about the Republicans. They pull shit out of their ass, they start spewing it, and and they're surprised when nothing comes of it, when they're nothing more than conspiracy theories and absolute bullshit. But this is part of their ploy. They keep shoving it down your throat until somebody believes it. But in the last couple of years, nobody's believing shit that's coming out of any of their mouths. Now, Jordan said, in our report, we found the Department of Justice was trying to find ways to prosecute the very people who Obama's IRS targeted. Well, Obama's IRS didn't target it, but we do know now that Donald Trump was trying to weaponize the IRS against his foes. So there you go. He goes on to say, and Maria, guess who was the lead person at the Justice Department looking for ways to target and prosecute the very people Lois Lerner went after? Jack Smith. Oh, there's a big surprise. Yeah, he did work for the DOJ. The guy Merrick Garland just named special counsel to go after President Trump. See, that's what they do. They try to come up with these gotchas that don't mean anything. But if they say it in a certain way, some stupid fucks will believe it. Jordan pointed to the investigation into Russian interference in 2016's election as evidence of a broad pattern of political investigations. Well, here's the thing, Jim. You kept telling us that it was a total exoneration, the the, uh, Mueller report the Mueller investigation, that it was a total exoneration, that there was nothing there, that there was a hoax, and that is not true. We know there were 10 instances of obstruction of justice by Donald Trump, but then they will always go and say, well, why wasn't he indicted? They know why he wasn't indicted, because he was president of the United States, because as much as they say that no one is above the law, that is a lie, because at the very least, a sitting president is clearly above the law because they said we can't indict him. Now, Jordan goes on to say they suppressed the Hunter Biden story just days before the most important election we have. And in 2022, 91 days before the midterm election, they raided President Trump's home. And then this week, three days after President Trump announces he's running for president, guess what? Merrick Garland says we're going to put in as the special counsel, the very individual who was at the Justice Department and was looking for ways to prosecute the people Lois Lerner and Obama's IRS targeted. If that's not political Justice Department, I don't know what is, he exclaimed. So this is why we're going to look into the issue and why we're going to get to the bottom of everything they have been doing at the politicized DOJ. Now, see, the thing is, they know they aren't going to come up with anything. This is always their ploy. They want to get it in the narrative and just keep causing chaos. You remember what Donald Trump said. He is, he is the inventor of this strategy. Remember, he was talking to the DOJ about all the election fraud. William Barr and the DOJ said, there is no election fraud. Donald Trump said, well, just say there is, and I'll take it from here. This is exactly what Jim Jordan's trying to pull. 
he will make a big thing out of absolutely nothing and keep it in the in the ether just to try to get people to believe and or side with him. But let's be perfectly honest, in the last couple of years, it hasn't worked for shit, but they don't have anything else and they don't know how to do anything else. <clears throat> I hope they do the investigations. I really hope they do the investigations to the hilt. Do a bunch of investigations. Because what they don't understand is one of the reasons they lost in the midterms is because of this ridiculous bullshit. So keep it up, because in 2024, it's going to be much easier for the Democrats to kick your ass. <clears throat> All right. Now, we've been talking about Judge Alito on the Supreme Court, that piece of shit. We got a lot of problems on the Supreme Court. One that's married to an insurrectionist, Judge Alito, apparently is a leaker. And he got a few others that just aren't fucking qualified. Apparently advocates for court reform on Saturday called for Congress to investigate allegations. The U.S. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito leaked a 2014 ruling to a right-wing donor after the New York Times reported on the claim by a former leader of the pro-forced uh, pregnancy movement. Now, the Times spent months investigating a gentleman by the name of Schenck, I believe he owns Hobby Lobby, which he also detailed in a letter to uh, Chief Justice John Roberts in June that Alito leaked the court's decision in the case of one of their top donors. See, that's the thing. The guy who was pro-life, he was involved in that that case, which he won as the owner of Hobby Lobby, now has had a change of heart. He heard about this leak from the Supreme Court with regard to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and he felt guilty enough to say, hey, you know, while you're looking for the leaker, even though you've never come across a fucking thing, while you're looking for the leaker, I did have this experience with Lita, Alito, and it might be something to look at. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if John Robert, the uh, chief justice, will look at it. I mean, he has somebody like um, Clarence Thomas, married to an insurrectionist, not recusing himself from cases he has no business being involved in. And what has John Robert done? He hasn't done fuck all. You know, the, 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 the fact of the matter is, is, you know, I've said this before. Somebody has now said that they should have a code of ethics in the Supreme Court. You would think they would have had that from the beginning. This shouldn't be a new idea, a new concept. You mean to tell me the Supreme Court justices can do whatever they want, tell you it's okay? Well, clearly they can because that's what Clarence Thomas is doing. That's what Judge Alito's doing. He's leaking stuff out to benefit him, even though a leak from the Supreme Court is one of the most egregious things that can happen. They said they were going to look for these people, and they were up in arms about it. But what are they going to do when they find out it was Judge Alito? You know, given the fact that the Republicans technically control the House, they probably aren't going to do jack shit. So we're going to have to put the pressure on in the court of public opinion. The pressure's got to be put on, and that's what's going to get some changes in the court. The Democrats don't have enough power in the House to do it, so it's going to be on us, the public, to start talking some shit and putting the pressure on. Now, Brian Fallon, executive director of Demand Justice, which advocates for the expansion of the court and has called for an ethics probe into right-wing Justice Clarence Thomas, alleged conflicts of interest, said the Senate Judiciary Committee should immediately move to investigate the apparent leak by Justice Alito. The whistleblower in this report, Reverend Rob Schenck, should be called to testify about both the leak and the years-long lobbying effort he once led to cultivate Alito and other Republican justices. Will that happen? I'm guessing it won't, as long as the Republicans have anything to say about it. Now, I'm sure they could start something now, but in January it's going to change, so what's the point? We have a lot of issues with our Supreme Court. There's a lot of things to fix. 
and these people should be held accountable for their misdeeds while being Supreme Court justices. It's a matter of how do you do that? Do you codify something in court like overturning the, the Roe v. Wade decision, codifying that? Some people think that that's not going to be possible, but I disagree. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure to codify Roe v. Wade, and you might say the Republicans won't do anything about that. Well, of course, the MAGA people won't. But the people that just lost the midterms and understand the ramifications of the things they did may want to jump on board and help to codify this because they took a beating because of overturning Roe v. Wade. If they have hopes to winning elections in the future, they're going to have to change their image. Whether it'll be enough or not, I don't fucking know. But they're going to have to do something. And there's going to be a lot of pressure to overturn Roe v. Wade. Again, it's going to come from the uh, court of public opinion. This is where we need to be loud and proud and in their faces. It's about time that the people of this country start demanding from our House of Representatives and our Senate. Keep in mind, they aren't kings and princes. They're fucking servants. And who do they serve? They serve us. So let's put them fuckers to work and put them on the, uh, on the stage and expose them for who they are in order for them to actually do the job they were fucking hired for. <clears throat> All right. This is, this is an interesting thing and, and part of the reason why we might have trouble dealing with the uh, Supreme Court. Democrats have tried their best to keep unqualified people off congressional committees. Marjorie Taylor Greene was stripped of her committee assignments in February of 2021. Trolls like Jim Banks and Jim Jordan weren't allowed to join the January 6th committee. But now that Republicans are again in control, they would like to get some revenge, of course. And according to Kevin McCarthy, he will try to remove Ilhan Omar and Adam Schiff from their committee assignments. Now, Adam Schiff is a smart guy. You can take him off the committees. He didn't seem too worried about it. Um, but you can try, and you might even accomplish it. But again, with the Republicans in the House of Representatives, it's going to be so chaotic. They're going to get nothing done, and they're going to get shut down at every turn. They've only got a three-seat lead, and if any of them happen to get, oh, I don't know, indicted or get sick or exposed for some other crime like, I don't know, child sex trafficking, that advantage could go away very, very quickly. So we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Now, the GOP House leader was asked by Maria Bartiromo again, what are you going to do in terms of these Democrats that you have on such important committees? You've talked in the past about removing Ilhan Omar. You've talked about removing Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell. Will you deliver? Now, this is what he said. Now, this is Kevin McCarthy. He's talking like he's going to be the Speaker of the House, but I'm not so sure that's going to happen. In fact, I'm almost sure it's not. And, of course... Kevin McCarthy says, yes, I will, the Republican answered. I'll keep that promise. And one thing I said from the very beginning, Eric Swalwell cannot get a security clearance in the public sector. Why would we ever give him a security clearance in the secrets to America? So I will not allow him to be on intel. You have Adam Schiff, who had lied to the American public time and time again. We will not allow him to be on the Intel Committee either. And you look at Congresswoman Omar, her anti-Semitic comments that have gone forward. We're not going to allow her onto foreign affairs. But you're going to let Paul Gosar, who's make, made racist comments, you allowed Jared Kushner, who couldn't get a clearance, to deal with international countries, countries around the world. He couldn't get clearance. He shouldn't have been anywhere near anything top secret, but he was. You see how ironic this is? All the things they're claiming these people have done. And I'll be honest with you, Il Ilhan Omar said whatever she said. It was taken a little out of context. She could have been a little 
more dipl- diplomatic about it. But the real reason they don't like Ilhan Omar is because she's a woman and because she's Muslim. I don't care what anybody says. Now, Ilhan Omar is from Minnesota. She doesn't represent my district. I do know this, though. Uh, my wife, when she was teaching, had one of Ilhan Omar's uh, kids in a room. Kid was really good. Miss Omar seemed to be very nice. Now, I don't know anything about her personally, if she's a good person or a bad person. But it's time he shows some proof. I mean, we keep hearing these accusations, but there's never any proof. Fucking Mike Lindell is still talking about the election fraud and how in Arizona there was election fraud. And he's got proof. But after the two years of this bullshit, Mike Lindell has yet to show us one shred of truth. When is somebody going to shut this dumb fuck up? I hope when he finally has to go to court and he's sued by Dominion for a billion six... That shuts him down. I hope against hope that is the case. Now, I wanted to talk about something else, and this this has been talked about a lot lately. We went through this a while back. Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat, told Fox News Sunday that TikTok was an enormous threat even going so far as to admit that former President Donald Trump was right about the risk posed by the Chinese-owned social media platform. They're worried about TikTok. They're worried about the Chinese owning TikTok. But Donald Trump giving top-secret documents to uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia and North Korea, that's just a storage problem. You see how ridiculous this is? And I'm surprised a Democrat would come out with this. I'm not sure why they are. But I can tell you one thing that politicians don't like about social media. They don't like social media because it gets information out that they've normally been able to hide or keep away from the public. They're now more accountable than ever because all these little rumors, all these little facts and documents and things show up in social media or dumb fucks like me go out and expose them for who they are. They don't like that. They don't like we people talking amongst ourselves. They're better off if we just don't know anything and just say, don't worry about it. We're working for you. And that's a problem. Because they clearly have shown us they cannot be trusted. They've clearly shown us that they're not working in our best interest. So fuck them. Will they shut down TikTok? I don't know. But again, you know, when we're talking about Twitter and Elon Musk taking it over, he puts $44 billion into it, and then he runs this motherfucker into the ground. How? Why would somebody do that? A guy who's alleged to be a very good businessman. But then, you know, as I've talked about on the podcast before and somebody brought up to me, what if he's doing what he really wants to do? I thought, what what do you mean by that? Well, he's getting money from Saudi Arabia, possibly Russia, China, whoever else. They're funding him and maybe he's making a profit even if he runs this thing into the ground. They put $44 billion into it. They buy the deal. These countries put money into it, maybe give them $100 billion. So he's making, what, $56 billion. I'm, and I'm just throwing out numbers. I don't know any of this. But it's something to consider. Maybe these countries don't like the fact, or maybe our own government don't like the fact that we're talking amongst ourselves. And uh, they want to shut these things down. I mean, it's to their benefit to have us know less. And shutting down TikTok, um, shutting down Twitter, all of this could be part of a bigger plan. Now, people will say that's a conspiracy theory, and it sure sounds like it, doesn't it? But uh, if you consider all the things we've seen to date, things that would at one time been conspiracy theories, but we now know to be a fact, a former president trying to mount a coup against our own country, a former president taking top secret documents and selling them or giving them to our enemy countries? That sounds crazy. It sounds like a fucking book. But it's happening. We know it's happening. 
So I'm not sure what's going on with this, whether they'll be able to shut down TikTok, you know, whatever, whatever happens. Because if TikTok goes down and, and, and Twitter goes down, something will come behind it, something bigger. There's always a shelf life on social media. It never lasts forever. So something will replace it and something that will be bigger and better. So I'm not too worried about it. But I got to tell you, that's one of the reasons why I do the podcast. I always look at my stay on TikTok as tentative because when these Trumplefucks come out and they start trying to take you down, is it the Trumplefucks or is it somebody bigger than that? I don't know. They seem to have a lot of lot of luck taking down some of these big creators. They don't really have much luck with me because I block every Trump humper and I figure if they can't see me, they can't take me down. And so far, it's worked. Now, Trump was an outspoken critic of TikTok during his presidency. We know that because it was working against him in the election. He even openly pondered an attempt to ban the app altogether due to the social media company's parent company, ByteDance, and the ties to the uh, Chinese communist government. Why would Donald Trump be worried about the Chinese communist government? All you have to do is ask him, are you trying to infiltrate America? And of course, Chi would say, oh, no, of course not. We're not going to do that. I mean, that's nothing more than what he we did with uh, Vladimir Putin. Are you meddling in our uh, elections? Donald Trump said he said very strongly that he wasn't, and he believed them over our intelligence agencies. So why not believe the fucking Chinese? Now, TikTok has bipartisan critics. President Joe Biden also banned staffers on his 2020 presidential campaign from downloading the app in October of 2019. Then Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York and Senator Tom Cotton wrote a joint letter calling for it to be investigated. Did Washington simply not listen because they didn't like the message? And then, and, and what can we do now? Well, I think Donald Trump was right, Warner said. I mean, TikTok is an enormous threat. I'm on TikTok all day. Well, not all day, but I'm on there a lot. And I put things out there and I watch things. And I I don't see the danger. You would think for as much as I've watched it, I would see some of this problems. There's some sick stuff and there's some fucked up stuff. But for the most part, it's people just trying to communicate. There's some political people like me, but there's also people dancing and lip syncing and stuff. (laughs) I personally think when you have a former president handing off top-secret documents to our enemies, a little more concerning than a fucking app. Warner described TikToks as a massive collector of information, including from children using the app. So if you're a parent and you got a kid on TikTok, I would be very, very concerned. He said all of that data that your child is inputting and receiving is being stored somewhere in Beijing. Yeah, scare us. Now, Are the Chinese using TikTok as a spy app? I suppose that's possible. But frankly, I'm I'm a pretty open book here. I I don't really have much to hide. If they looked into me, they would pretty much find everything I've said on the app, and that's about it. I'm not really worried about it. Otherwise, I would stop doing it. I'm not paranoid about things like this. Um, So... Uh, You know, I don't know what's going to come about that. This is something that they've been talking about for years and years. And by the time they get around to actually doing something and accomplishing something, there'll be a fucking new app doing something different. Now, this last story, this brings up a guy who's gone past his expiration date. He had his time But nobody really fucking cares now. Geraldo Rivera. Remember him? He was the big, young, hip guy on ABC or whatever he was. Then he had his own show. He had white supremacists break his nose. He had uh, uh, Al Capone's Capone's, um, safe. 
And there was a big old show and there was a big build up and then they open it and there wasn't jack shit in there. It reminds me of some of the TikToks. Every time I'm watching TikTok and I see some guy say, well, I got this out of a storage unit and it's a safe. I'm so excited. And then they spend three minutes trying to open up this safe and all that's in there is a fucking envelope and maybe a 1927 quarter. I just, I'm, I'm totally put off by that shit. And of course, Geraldo... <clears throat> Had his own failure with that. But get this. Geraldo Rivera thinks President Joe Biden should pardon Donald Trump for the good of the nation. Just as Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon. Now, if you grew up in that era, you know that uh, Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon basically so we could get beyond Watergate, so we didn't cause problems and division in this country. So it's better to just let Richard Nixon go, because he could have been prosecuted. But to make the comparison of Richard Nixon to Donald Trump is fucking outrageous. What Richard Nixon did was like 10% of what Donald Trump did. And just to let him off the hook... That's a guarantee for the Democrats to lose and the Republicans to win. Because you remember what happened to Gerald Ford when he pardoned Richard Nixon. Yeah, he didn't get reelected. He was a one-term president. So anyway, he thinks they should do this. And this is why I say he's passed his expiration date. In the 70s, yeah, maybe that was a good idea or a thing. I don't really think they were worried about the country. They were worried about giving... um, giving Richard Nixon a pass. But this is a far different thing. I mean, this is somebody who tried to mount a coup against our country, somebody who's doing horrific things day in and day out for the last six years. People are tired of rich people and politicians getting away with things. By letting this guy go sends a poor message, too, that any future politician can virtually do anything he fucking wants and get away with it. As much as Geraldo Riveros thinks he's saying a thing here, he's wrong. The vast majority of the public want to see some accountability. They want to see some retribution for what has been done. It's that dangerous. I mean, Richard Nixon and his people broke into the Democratic uh, headquarters. Big fucking deal. Donald Trump's trying to overthrow our country. I don't even think you can make that comparison. You've got to fucking make sure that he is accountable so that nobody in the future even thinks about doing this. It's not about Donald Trump. It's about the future of this country. And it has to be done. There is no bullshitting around. If Merrick Garland or Jack Smith says, well, I don't know if we're going to prosecute him. I'm going to be very annoyed. And then we need to start going after those motherfuckers because they're hurting our country too. As much as it might be difficult and might cause problems by indicting a former president, it's going to cause bigger problems and more damage in this country if you don't indict him. They've got to be able to see this. I can't imagine they can't see this. And I'm feeling confident that Donald Trump, as I've said before, will get indicted. So Ford did this for the good of the nation, for the good of the nation. Biden should pardon Trump. Rivera, shut the fuck up. Try to get another show. You're what are you on YouTube and fucking TikTok? Um, Oh, apparently he's a rotating co-host on The Five on Fox News. Enough said. It's a bullshit show on a bullshit network. Has nothing to fucking do with news. Geraldo, shut the fuck up. Now, Trump announced this week, of course, that he's running for president as legal issues continue to mount. We've got the special counsel, um... That was hired by Merrick Garland. Now, a lot of critics mocked Rivera's pardon call, especially since Trump has not been convicted of anything and continues to deny any wrongdoing. Others argued that Nixon's pardon wasn't as good as Rivera thinks it was. And, And he's right. I mean, it didn't do too well for the Republican Party. Uh, The criminal probes into Trump are related to the former president allegedly mishandling the documents and, of course, the insurrection. And 
Here's a couple of tweets here. Easily the dumbest thing I've ever seen on Twitter. I don't say that lightly. Writer Billy Ray. He tweeted in reaction. And uh, for the good of the nation, this guy should have stayed in Capone's vault, author Alyssa Day. Republicans get control of the House, and the first thing they do, no, not explore how to tame inflation or crime, they launch into an investigation of President and Hunter Biden. Boring, divisive, retro, unwanted, he tweeted. Zero positive impact on the lives of Americans. Is this the real red wave? So... I'm just telling you, the House of Representatives come January is going to be a shit show. There is very little that's going to be done unless some of the Republicans say enough, enough. We're going to try to work across the aisle, get some things done and do whatever we can to freeze out the MAGA fuckers and hopefully ultimately eradicate them either through indictments or attrition with elections. But the Republican Party will never be successful as long as any part of MAGA is still part of the Republican Party or maybe even as much as controlling the Republican Party. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Republicans are going to do. Now, if Kevin McCarthy happens to be the Speaker of the House, which I can't understand how that's even possible. I don't see that happening. But if he is the leader of the or Speaker of the House, He's tied to Donald Trump. He's tied to MAGA, even though the MAGA don't don't like him anymore. I don't know what that's about. But um, he is not going to help the case. He's going to be a very weak Speaker of the House. And um, I doubt he's going to be for, uh, around very long as Speaker of the House. It's going to be interesting to see who they get, because I can't think of one person that would be able to get 218 votes in that shit show of a Republican Party in the House. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.